Hey guys, get ready. Looking Up is about to start. Have paid my ransom. His wounds. 
To this afternoon's Looking Up program, Shell has just outdone herself again. Amen. Wow, how did you enjoy that brand new intro? We haven't oh, had that intro before. It was very bright and happy. What a that great way to start. That was bright and happy. I just loved every second of that. Can we have that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what a great way to start our program. Dear folk, wherever you are listening from to Looking Up, on this Wednesday afternoon, Sharissa and Shell and I would love to give you a big warm welcome where, where we are here right now. Oh, it is just a deliciously delicious Wednesday afternoon. It's just uh, amazing. Blue skies, bit of breeze, birds are chirping and the best thing of all, according to that little jingle that our producer Shell put together, Look up because God is on his throne. That's the best Amen. thing about today. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's the best thing about every day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And while God is on his throne, we can smile at the storms of life and we can keep looking up because we know our redemption is drawing near. So wherever you are joining us from, my dear friends, whether it be somewhere here around Newcastle, and the surrounding area or further afield, anywhere around Australia or beyond, a big warm welcome to yet another episode of Looking Up. And today we are continuing on our journey through the seven churches. We are into the second last church of the seven churches, the Church of Philadelphia. Oh, this is just such a great church to dig into and learn from. So Sharissa, once again, is going to lead us through that Bible study um, in a little while. So we won't be getting there just yet. We've got some um, current events that we want to take a look at from a prophetic point of view, as we always do. And um, Sharissa, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I finally got to you. <laughs> How have you been? I've been well. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, 
know, God is good, been busy, but, you know, good things. Good things. Busy with good things. Busy with good things. Absolutely. Well, that's the only thing uh, that we can do today is keep busy with the things of the Lord. So Jesus is coming soon, so we want, we want to be about his business. As Jesus said when he was asked by his parents in the temple at the age of 12, where were you? We were looking for you. And Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. So... It's great to it's great to be able to do that. All right, we've got a we've got the phone number if you want to contact us, call us, text us, um, comment, question. Oh four nine one oh six four double six nine. That's oh four nine one oh six four double six nine. So I hope and pray that you are ready for a fantastic program this afternoon. May God bless you. Sit back and listen to this beautiful song, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. 
just an absolute delight and um, pray that God will bless you and that your eyes will long for the salvation that is in Jesus alone. My eyes long for your salvation. That was from Cardiphonia Music. So we are very blessed to have enjoyed that. Now, we've got a couple of things we want to share with you that are going on right now that will help you in your walk with the Lord. Before we take a look at some of the titanic prophetic developments that have been taking place this past week. Seriously. What a sentence. Seriously, Sharissa. (laughs) Um, You know, what happens in a week today did not happen in a year, only a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely right. We always wonder after we finish an episode, I wonder what we'll be talking about next week. Oh, I wonder, will, will I even be here? <laughs> Where <laughs> will right. I be? Um, but yeah, Never guess it. it's true. It's true. There, there is so much. So we're going to get to that in just a moment. But firstly, we want to we want to promote um, and share with you a couple of really important programs that are going on right now online that you can tap into, that you can invite your friends and encourage them to join you in watching that will help them to look up and to prepare for the coming of Jesus. So the first one is Death the End. We are um, yeah in the midst of this series. Sharissa, over to you. Tell us all yes, about it. So this is the final week and it's not too late to join. In fact, it won't take you long to catch up either. Mm. If you would like to tune in tonight, we're talking about hell. I think Justin's got the presentation tonight. Starts at, well, premieres at 8 p.m. Sydney time and you can log in or just you know, go to Facebook page, the end.digital, the YouTube page for the end.digital, or go to our website, www.thn.digital at 8 p.m. The video will be live and you'll be able to, to see it. And this coming Friday night, we also have a live Q&A. It's the last one for the series and we've had a fun time. So yeah. hope you can join us. Yeah, fantastic series. And I can vouch because I listen to each and every program at times I'm not able to listen to it live which I'd like to because I'm either running something or or whatever the case may be pastors lives are a bit crazy especially in the evenings but I especially enjoyed the Q&A time Um, I I listened to that um, as I was riding my bike so I got the best of both worlds Sunday morning I was riding my bike and I was listening to the Q&A time and it was it was really good. I learned I learned some things from that as well. So um, did I. <laughs> yeah, it was just I learned on the set. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and that's and that's what scripture is all about. Oh. It's about learning. You know, Bible study is fantastic. Yeah, it's very when, exciting. Exactly. If you stop being a Bible learner, you go backwards. That's right. It's simple as that. You go backwards. The only way to keep going up that hill. Um, that Bible hill is just to continue to have an open mind to the Holy Spirit as he speaks. And the Bible, you know, we cannot plumb the depths of the scriptures. So that's really powerful. So I encourage you folk to, to tune into that and you can, yeah, catch up. And they're only just short 15 or so minute messages. Um, Basically, the the length of all the messages over the last two over over the entire two week period will end up being one of my sermons. Um, basically, you know. Nice. So, <laughs> anyway, the program that I'm running, I'm I'm doing a series, a ten part series, online as well on the three angels' messages, God's final message of love to the world. I'm calling it Revelation of Hope. And so, if you're we've we've already had three. Messages and it's seven thirty Sydney time on a Tuesday night, Great. and people can catch up if they've missed some of the previous uh, messages. So um, seven thirty on a Tuesday night, discover hope. So you need to go to www 
dot discover hope all one word dot info and um you can find all the previous messages and you can um register there as well and we'll mm-hmm. send you a reminder every week um as you send out those reminders um yes. to everyone who registers for for is death the end program after the program i have a q and a so at the end of each program there's a q and a via zoom so if you're interested in being part of that Q&A, just uh, yeah, send us uh, a message, uh, register, and, um, and we'll send you the Zoom link so that you can uh, join in on that. So it goes from about 7.30 to 9 p.m. on a Tuesday evening. Nice. Yeah. So going through the three angels' messages um, step by step, just stepping through it. And, um, yeah, it's been really great. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, actually, last night on The End.Digital, they had a, a testimony of a lady who was a clairvoyant and yeah. became a Christian. Wow. And she mentioned that one of the things that was life-changing for her was studying the three angels' oh, messages. Wow. So I definitely encourage every listener, if you don't wow, know what I'm... that means, Tune in to wow, uh, praise the Lord. I'll have to get program. her details. Discover Hope. Yeah, yeah. Discoverhope.info. Discoverhope.info. Yeah, discoverhope.info. I'll need to get this lady's details off you because I'd love to have her on my Q yeah. and A um, and and allow her to um, yeah just share her journey. I think that would be very very powerful. So anyway, all right. Well, Sharissa, where do we, where do we begin? Where do we begin? <laughs> all right. So I'm going to hand over to you, ladies, before sure? gentlemen. Yeah. Why don't I just say the topic and then you just start talking? All right. okay. Let's talk about Victoria. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about my home state. It's Charissa, all over the news. Sharissa <laughs> always goes to my home state. My home state of Victoria <laughs> is in the news literally every week. We just, um, you know, they they're just in the news. They're in the thick of it. And um, I got a, I got a prayer request um, from yeah, some friend there in Victoria saying, please pray for us. Yes. There's some legislation that is being tabled in our parliament today. She was speaking of yesterday that is like earth shattering. And I'm like, well, is she, is she kind of exaggerating here? <laughs> We've because had I mean, a lot of earth shattering things. <laughs> because there's been a lot of earth shattering legislation, legislation that, that, that's come through, you know, the Victorian parliament. You know, we've talked about that in, in the past. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, you know, let's, let's take a look. And so I went online and I had a look and sure enough, yes, you know, there's, there's, uh, a real, um, escalation mm-hmm. in, in potential power that will be will be granted to to the premier That's right. um on you know in in regards to a pandemic and i just want to read i just want to read um <laughs> excuse me i just want to read this um statement which i think is uh is a really good sort of summary of it um this this um uh, whatever you call it, this legislation, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. the, le- the proposed legislation that was tabled in um, Parliament uh, yesterday uh, is known as the Public Health and Wellbeing Amendment Pandemic Management Bill 2021. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, um, and what I've got here, it is, um, yeah, it's currently from, from, what, from what I've read, it's supported by the Upper House Reason Party, the Animal Justice Party and the Greens Party. And this bill will likely pass and replace the state of emergency which we currently have right now that we've been operating under during COVID. It will give Dan Andrews, the the Premier of Victoria, unprecedented personal powers in the name of declaring and managing pandemics. Hmm. 
That's kind of in a nutshell. What have you got there? So I've got here, under the laws that are currently on the table, you can be detained, you can be arrested. This is someone else's assessment of it, mm-hmm. by the way. Your movement can be restricted. You can be forced to undergo a medical examination. You can be forced to undergo medical testing on the basis of being personally targeted or targeted because you're part of a specific group. People can be targeted, arrested, fined up to $100,000 under a pandemic bill that will apply to people because of their, quote, their characteristics, attributes, or circumstances. Wow, that That's is just so very broad. broad. <laughs> That's broad and very general. Yeah. I mean, who is to decide, um, you know, what yeah. fits into those categories? They are oh, super, super broad. This is an incredible, just, yeah, it was very surreal when we uh, heard it, my husband and I, yesterday. And uh, it's very interesting here, too. It looks like they were trying, they're going to try and pass it this week. This week, it's, as in yeah, this week. It says here um, in the uh, news article, news.com.au, Victorian politicians have screamed at each other and yelled insults across the table during a heated discussion over proposed pandemic laws that are set to bring in unprecedented powers to the Victorian Premier and Health Minister if passed this week. Wow. And part of the debate is is uh, people saying, why don't we put this on the table for two weeks like we usually do? What's wow. the hurry? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. And um, look, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again, and Sharissa is on the same page. You know, we don't have any political aspirations. We don't have any political uh, alliances or anything like that. Um, I pray, we pray for our political leaders, as the Bible encourages us to do. Um, However, why we point this out is that Based on based on what we are seeing, and I, I listened to an interview um, from the opposition leader, the Victorian opposition leader, and he was he was stating that this was you know the most dangerous legislation that has come across the desk um, in Australia, not just in Victoria, but but Australia wide, based on you know the the powers that are given to one individual. Um, this really is. Um, part of how, you know, I kind of shared with someone who, you know, I was talking about, I said, you know, this, you know, we're going to have a pharaoh. Mm-hmm. We're literally going to have, you know, a pharaoh um, um, because, you know, pharaohs and kings and queens and so forth, you know, in, in times past, before democracy came to town the way we know it, um, you know, they had, they had extreme power, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar. Two and a half thousand years ago, you know, he had extreme power. All the power was placed in the hands of one individual. And, um, and that is very dangerous. That is very dangerous. I don't care whether it's in Victoria, whether it's Australia, whether it's anywhere in the world. When one individual has that much power and authority, it's very dangerous. The Bible says in the, in the, in the multitude of, of counselors, of there is wisdom. That's right. You know, and Jesus, even Jesus, he's our example. He gathered around himself 12 disciples, you know, um, and, you know, the, the best way forward in a democracy is for us to have, you know, debate, discussion, to have, you know, to, to, to be able to put it on the table, to have a, at least a majority vote. Right. And in many circumstances, like I know within our Seventh-day Adventist church, Within our Seventh-day Adventist church, when we get together, say, every four years, we have a constituency meeting, you know, different delegates from the various churches come together. If the constitution is to be changed, it needs to be by a two-thirds majority. So two-thirds need to be in favour of a change of the constitution Mm -hmm. for the constitution to be changed. 
Not power one, doesn't but rely on one person. exactly. So it relies on at least sixty-six yeah. percent of the delegates, mm-hmm. and um, you know because the constitution is literally the founding document, you know, for the church or for any organization. And when we're dealing with the laws, be they uh, be they um, uh, state or be they federal, we're dealing with the constitution of our nation and it's 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 extremely dangerous extremely yeah. dangerous and i don't use that word you know um just like that willy-nilly it's extremely dangerous for one person or for a few people even just a few people to have to have you know executive ultimate unilateral power that's right and you know that's one side of it and then other people who might be for it and think this is a great idea do so because we're just living in these unique times mm. and people are worried people are fearful and they think, well, if we have this power residing in one person, they can make good decisions for the rest of us. And that's if the they hope. are good decisions, that's the hope. What if they're bad decisions? That's right. So we really so, need yeah. to pray. We really need to do a lot of praying. <laughs> we really need guide. to. Do a lot. Is is that how much is that how much time is yeah, left in yep. this prophetic? That went really quick. That went way too quickly. There's so much more to talk about. Charissa, we we're might gonna, have to borrow from the we, next we seven. We may have to borrow from the next seven. <laughs> so anyway, folk, we need to really pray for our political leaders if ever yes. they needed it. Um, and the Bible does tell us Revelation 13 clearly describes a complete change in how this world will run and operate at the end of time. And, and we are seeing that. Yeah, that's what's most significant is that this is reflective of the theme of Revelation 13. It is. And in Revelation... It's kind of characteristic. It is. And we're going we're gonna to deal with this. Where we're going we're gonna to spend some time. I've got a series after this Seven Churches series where we're awesome. going to tap that's into um, you know, what's taking place from a prophetic point of view, which is really powerful. And so, yeah, things are really, really changing and... Um, and it's and it's really interesting that um, not only do we have that on the table, but also we have you know we've got other laws coming into Victoria and Western Australia that oh, yeah. are potentially going to curtail the freedoms that Christian schools, Christian churches, and Christian charities have had. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so there's there's a whole heap more out there in that space. But in the meantime, let's take a little bit of a breather. We need that. <laughs> We're going to go to Carly Fletcher right now. She's going to share with us a beautiful song, Teach Us to Number Our Days. We do not know how long we have to live our lives on this earth. Our lives may be 70 Change it. 
FM has a brand new live show each weekday morning straight after the breakfast show called Tassie Encounters. Tune in for fascinating discussions of history, science, faith, and personal encounters with Jesus. Tassie Encounters, live every weekday straight after the breakfast show on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Yes, indeed, faith looks up. And that is really the only place to look, Sharissa. That's the only place there that gives no, hope. <laughs> there is nowhere else where we can turn in such a time as this other than to look up. Really, dear friends, please keep looking up. And I believe the Lord impressed um, my good friend Peter, who's down there in Tasmania ministering at the moment. He impressed him. And, um, you know, just to come up with this come up with this title for this program, Looking Up, based on Luke 21, verse 28, where Jesus said, When you see all these things come to pass in the context of the second coming, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And Sharissa, we are literally seeing before our very eyes those words of Jesus. We are yes. seeing a whole bunch of things being fulfilled before our very eyes. We sure are. Jesus is coming soon. All right, folks. I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you what our giveaway is for today. And as always, we have a giveaway. And today it's a CD. Excuse me. It's a CD that we are giving away. It's entitled A New Song. Uh, sorry. it's a, Yeah, the title of it is A New Song Collective Volume 2. And um, the theme is Endure. Endure. Wow. We've been talking about that, eh? Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, He who endures to, to the, the end. end shall be saved. Right. And that word is a very close cousin to the word in Revelation 14:12. Here is the patience of the saints. Mm. The word patience and the word endure are from the same family. And so, you know, we need to be enduring. I think it's um 24 Matthew 24:11 if I remember correctly, um or 13. Actually no, Matthew 24:13. It's Matthew 24:13. Sharissa will do a fact check on that. Um, and so this is a great um, CD. Um, we'll be giving that away to four listeners today. So we'll have the code word for you in a little bit, probably um, in our third sort of presentation in this Bible study toward the end of this hour. Um, so make sure you tune in for that code word and we will give four away to the first, the third, the fourth and the sixth listener. So anyway, Ooh, and their reason for the sixth? 
is because today we're looking at the sixth church. Yes. Yay. <laughs> looking forward to it. The Church of Philadelphia. All right. We were going to um, yeah, just tap into a little bit of time um, before we open up to our Bible study, Sharissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more things that we want to really talk about that are literally going to be taking place in the next few days. So by the time next Wednesday turns up and we're back here, we'll who knows? We'll have a lot more to talk we'll about. We'll have a lot more to talk about. So at least now we're just going to get... You know, we, we just want to enable people just to keep their ear to the ground um, from a prophetic point of view as to as to what will be, you know, transpiring in the next few days. So do you want to lead out well, what's happening? In the next what? few days. So the first thing I'd just say is that this weekend we've got Halloween. Oh, that's true. Yeah, October 31. And so, um, yeah, if you want to know more about the history of Halloween, go to the end.digital. And the first presentation of the series that we've just been on is about the history mm. of Halloween. You need to see it if you have no idea. It's oh, quite surprising. It was. Justin shared that, didn't he? he did, that, yeah. that was really fascinating. So that's the very first program. Yeah, but that's one thing. And then the other thing that's happening is two significant powers in the world, the leaders of them are. Revelation 13 coming together. Are going to shake hands. <laughs> they are. Revelation 13 coming together again. Yeah. Before our very eyes. Yeah, so uh, President Joe Biden is on his way to the Vatican to mm. meet with the Pope before heading off to the COP26 summit in Glasgow. Yeah, and do you know the three key themes that they will be discussing? No, tell me. The three key themes are COVID, mm-hmm. climate change, and world poverty. Interesting. They're the three themes that they'll be discussing that they're on the same page on. Um, it's it's really, really fascinating um, that Nancy Pelosi, not so long ago, um, only maybe a few weeks ago, there was, there was another gathering there at the Vatican um, and she was representing the United States. It was parliamentarians or political leaders from around the world were there. And, um, and she met with, you know, Pope Francis and there was outrage um, amongst many in the Roman Catholic uh, community um, who were saying, how dare the Pope, you know, the head of the Catholic Church, you know, be cozying up were the words that they use, you know, cozying up to Nancy Pelosi, who has been at the forefront of, you know, um, abortion rights mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, yeah, And so you can imagine from that point of view, it was not seen in a very positive way. And it's interesting. It's fascinating to me how, how this whole political landscape works. And I need to just sort of contain myself because otherwise we're going to go on forever and ever. But it's interesting how Joe Biden, and we've shared this before, President Joe Biden, He's a Roman Catholic. He's only the second Roman Catholic president, the first one being JFK. Um, and he says that his own personal views are not that which he seeks to impose in his presidency. So his own personal views are on the sacredness of human life and on the sanctity of marriage according to the biblical description. Mm-hmm. However, he has voted and he has supported, you know, the the um, redefinition of marriage, if I could use that politically correct language. And he has also and is also supporting, um, you know, uh, the the taking of innocent life, um, you know, through 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 abortion. And so, you know, there there are Roman Catholics around the world, um, significant individuals who are wondering how can Pope Francis. Um, you know, be on, on, on such buddy-buddy terms with a president who is anti those, those, those key Roman Catholic teachings. 
Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, with Pelosi and with Biden. And the only way to explain it, there's no other explanation. It does not make sense from any other point of view other than if you have a prophetic framework. If you read between the lines and you read through Revelation 13 and you realize that there is a greater agenda behind this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Fascinating. uh, We'll have a lot to talk about again next week. (laughs) Yeah, net zero. It's interesting. Our own Prime Minister, um, finally they pulled in um, the National Party, uh, their National Coalition Partners, and um, they have signed up to a net zero uh, target by 2050. Yes, I saw that. Yes, and um, I've been saying that all along. Not that I'm a prophet or a son of a prophet or anything like that, but because I, I, the Bible says they're going to be of one mind. They're going to be yes. of one mind. They're going to give their authority and power to the beast. You know, just one other thing that I'm thinking of in terms of significant prophetic markers that we are nearing the return of Jesus is also the financial world. And there was... Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Jack Dorsey, he's the CEO of Twitter, and he tweeted an interesting thing, and it was uh, this is what he said. He said this October 23, he said, hyperinflation is going to change everything. It's happening. And someone commented on that, and they said, yep, we live, in th- we live with this built in our mental models in Nigeria. Inflation is currently at 16%. And he said to that, it will happen in the U.S. soon. And so the world. So, so, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, at the end of time, our riches will come to nothing. That's right. Weep, you rich, and howl for your... That's James chapter 5. Yeah. So we know this is going to happen. It's just fascinating to see that even this is lining up right where the Bible says it will. Yeah, well, that's Revelation 17 and 18 speaks of... Well, Revelation 18 in particular speaks of the the economies of the world that will disintegrate, you know, and vanish in the space of an hour. I'm not sure what you... You were looking at... James. James chapter 5, yeah. Should I read it? Yeah, read it. It's very fascinating. James chapter 5, it says, Verse 1, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you verse 2 your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten verse 3 your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and you will eat your flesh like fire you have heaped up treasure in the last days wow (laughs) so yeah financial collapse looks like it's and and that's in the context of the second coming because if you read a little further um about seven and eight it says you know watch be patient yes says that yeah so, um, yeah, this is all in the context of the second coming. So everything's coming together. Everything, we have a convergence of prophetic events that are taking together. And just finally, you know, before we move into our Bible study, um, uh, the only way we can make sense of what is currently going on in the world uh, when it comes to either mandates um, or liberties being stripped, um, all these things that we are seeing that that many secular um, you know, commentators are scratching their heads thinking, what on earth is going on? Where is this coming from? Where is this thing? The only way we can make sense of what is going on in the world is through the prophetic lenses Amen. of Scripture. There's no other way. Otherwise, you and I, Sharissa, we would be at a loss mm-hmm. to explain why are things going on the way they are in our, in our democratic system. Yes, and that's that actually is a really good springboard for our study later it today is. as well. It is. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand over to you, Sharissa. Oh, can you pray for us? Yeah, possibly? absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you again for your word. We're about to plunge into um, the sixth church of Revelation, and this church just has so many lessons for us. May you guide and lead us. 
as we open your word and those who are listening, wherever they may be listening, we pray that your Holy Spirit will impress each heart and each mind and prepare us for your soon return. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's dig into this together. And if you're listening and you want to dig into it with us, we encourage you to get a Bible out, pull it up on your phone. Uh, if you're not driving, that is, because this is a really wonderful letter that Jesus has to the church in Philadelphia. We've been to a number of different places. We've been to Ephesus, the apostolic church. We went to Smyrna, the persecuted church. We've been to Pergamos. We saw at the church in times of compromise during mm. uh, Constantine. Then we went to Thyatira and we saw the Dark Ages and we saw the Word of God chained to libraries and churches and people couldn't read it in their common language. We then went to Sardis last week and it was a church on life support but there was still hope for that church mm, yes yes and uh, that was talking about the reformation now we come to this church we're looking at i guess a time period historically of about 1700 late 1700s mm. right through to 1850 maybe thereabouts yeah, somewhere there, yeah. uh, but you'll soon see why as we study these churches were ancient churches but they also have historical application and an end-time message for us as well. Mm, amen. So let's read it together. And maybe what we'll do is we'll just break it up a little bit so that uh, we have time to address. So do you want to read? Oh, you got your glasses. I got my glasses. <laughs> I'm all good now. I'm all, He's good. all good. He's all good, everybody. Let's just read verse 7. Okay. And to the this is a Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. And to the church, sorry, did I say I had my glasses on? (laughs) Imagine without them, I'd have no hope. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. All right, this is the church of? Philadelphia. Which means? Brotherly love. Yeah, did you get a chance to check the history of that? Um, no, I didn't. Did you? I did, and it was, oh, I didn't know this. just as well, just as well. <laughs> I didn't know it, but this city was founded by the Permit, 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 I can't even say the name, by King Attalus II, who lived, uh, he reigned between 159 to 138 BC, but he had a brother named Eumenesis II, and he loved him, and he gave him this name Philadelphus, and this city was named after him, oh. Philadelphia. Brotherly love. So it was actually named after does ring love a bell. between two brothers. Yeah, yeah. No, that history does ring And apparently the city tried to change its name multiple times without success. It just mm. kept coming back to this one. It's the youngest of the seven churches, and it was on a high volcanic plateau. So it was a strong fort- fortress mm. of sorts. Have you been mm. there? I have, but I can't, can't remember, remember much about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that seems to be my standard response. Yeah. And it's not because Alzheimer's is creeping in, folk, just in case you're wondering. Um it's because um yeah, some of the some of the churches didn't have much um when it comes in the way of ruins. The only churches that were really standouts were Ephesus or the towns, I should say, the cities, the ancient cities were Ephesus and Laodicea. Mm. They stood out in particular. But yeah, this trip was like about eleven years ago, so Okay. Well, it's very interesting that as you read there, when Jesus begins this letter to this church, he uses three titles. Mm -hmm. The first one, he who is holy. Second one, he who is true and he who has the key of David. We'll come back to the others, but maybe before the break, he who is holy. That's a nice title, Mm. (laughs) but it's one that belongs to Jesus because, you know, 
um, in, in Isaiah, when Isaiah heard the song of the seraphs, and I think mm-hmm. it's Isaiah chapter six, six or nine, six, six, six. They sang, "Holy, holy, holy." If you go to the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. chapter four, the four living creatures cry day and night. It says they do not rest. They That's cry. Verse eight. Yep. Holy, holy, holy. And even in the Gospel of Mark, I think it's Mark chapter 1, verse 24, mm. on a Sabbath, there was a demon-possessed man in the synagogue, and Jesus, you know, he delivered him. But the demon, before he left, he said, I know who you are, the Holy One wow. of God. Wow. So Jesus is the one who is holy. He is sinless. He is set apart from us. Mm. That's the first title. I think that's a beautiful title. That is a beautiful title. And this is a church that treasured holiness, mm-hmm. as we'll discover Um as, as we go along. So, folk, I hope you've enjoyed that introduction. There's a whole heap more to that, to this study. In the meantime, sit back and listen to Chris Weninger. Holy, holy, holy. A fitting song indeed for our introduction.
That's a beautiful song straight out of Scripture. As Charissa pointed out, these words, holy, 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 appear in the Old and New Testament um, and in the book of Revelation, as we have pointed out. Well, folk, before we continue on with this study, um, looking at the sixth church, the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Brotherly Love, the giveaway for today is a CD. And it's uh, a new song collective, volume two. So that's the group, a new song collective, and it's volume two. And the th- and the title of this CD is Endure, and that's very fitting for our day. Um, so you can enjoy original Christian music that will help you, give you strength and courage and endurance for all that is happening in our world today. Wow, I'm telling you, in a in in a sentence. This CD, we all need to have, Sharissa. We all need <laughs> to have. you sold it. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. We all need to have this CD. So I think there's only one CD left um, because uh, Sharissa, Shell, and myself are taking <laughs> the other three. So there's only one. No, just, just kidding. Uh, we've got four. So it's for the first, the third, and the fourth, and the sixth caller. And um, in our next segment, we'll be giving away our code word. So we'll be giving away our code word in the next segment. Is that fair enough, Sharissa? Yep. All right. And so Sounds we'll good. so you just just have your fingers ready yes. to be dialing that number, which is 0491-064-669, 0491-064-669. If you have a comment or a question you want to ask, uh, feel free to let us know and we will address it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sharissa, back to you. All right. Well, so we've just unpacked the first of the titles that Jesus uses in the introduction of his letter to the Church of Philadelphia. It's a love letter. We must never forget that. Mm. Jesus sends these letters because he cares and he loves. The next title is He Who is True. Mm. Um, This is really interesting because I didn't know this till I was doing some research on this, and that is there are two words for true in the Greek. One translates as true and not false, and the other translates as true and not uh, fake, so mm. it's real. So the word used here is is the idea of realness. He's the genuine one. Wow. Jesus is the real God. And there's so much in our world today that's genuinely fake, mm. fake news, <laughs> fake thrills, fake love, fake ideas, fake fulfillment. And Jesus presents himself mm. to this church as the one who is real and genuine. He is authentic and he's alive and he will not lie. He wow. tells us the truth. Powerful, powerful. Yes. Now, the third title is another interesting one. He says he is the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Mm. Do you have anything you want to add on this? You tell me when you want to. Oh, look, I've always got things to add. Um, <laughs> the It's interesting, you know, he who opens and no one shuts um, and shuts and no one opens. We have, we, we have um, scriptures in connection with, you know, the open door. Um, and in Isaiah, uh, I believe, chapter 22, verses 22 and 23, this is where this passage comes from. You know, it's quoted from, from the Old Testament. And we also have, we also have um, according to what I have um, jotted down here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, the Apostle Paul speaks of the gospel. The yes, preaching of the yes. gospel as as that which is open, you know, doors that are open to the preaching of the gospel. And mm-hmm. This is what he writes in First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse nine. He says, "For a great and effective door, there's that word, has opened to me, 
and there are many adversaries. And he also shares um, the same point there in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3, where he says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Mm -hmm. So here we have um, a time coming after this very difficult period, um, the church of Sardis, where, as you pointed out, the church is almost dead. It's on life support. There is hope because Jesus always provides hope. While Jesus is in town, while Jesus is extending his arms of love, there is always hope. While Jesus is around. Um, but we're moving now. Jesus says the church is going to move out of that phase of deadness and move into a place where I'm going to open and oh, spring open the okay. doors of evangelism and outreach oh. to the whole world and, you know, bring life. To this so, church that is dead. So I don't know if I've gone too far. You've jumped the gun. Oh, my <laughs> but, typical. But That's why you don't let me. You should never right let me thing. speak. You should, you, <laughs> You're going. You set it up. Because right. when Jesus says... He's the one who has the key of David. You're mm. very like the one who has the key has access. Mm. And um, as you rightly pointed us out in Isaiah chapter 22. Verses this, 22 and 23. 22 and 23. It says, The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulders so he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall open. Mm. It's also interesting, like, you know, this was here a metaphor borrowed from Isaiah, what we're reading in Revelation, where, you know, the one who would replace uh, the man in charge of the palace of the Judean king was the servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and he had the key, right? Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting that Jesus says he's the one with the key. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us mm -hmm. a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. So in Isaiah 22, the key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. government will be ah, upon his shoulder. So the government and the key are synonymous. Yeah, well, it's like God, Jesus is the one who has access to mm. all the storehouse of heaven. There mm -hmm, is nothing, mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. blessing that is off limits. Limits to him. Wow. Uh, that's an exciting introduction. Uh, because of what you've just pointed us to that happens next, if I read verse 8 of Revelation chapter it. 3, Jesus said, I know your works. And he said that to every mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. He said, See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Now, he can do this because he's got the key. Mm -hmm. He has access. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Um, so this door that we've talked about, you know, you've just uh, you've just highlighted really a wonderful application of that. It's the door of mission opportunity mm. that this church was gifted by God um, Specifically at the historical time of history, yeah. the historical period of history that this church represents, because uh, not only that, but historically speaking, the Church of Philadelphia was strategically located in a place where it was able to export Greek culture to the world. It was along um, a trade route, strategically on a road that led from Rome to the east, so that it could export uh, Greek culture and language wow. to the world. Hmm? When you apply that historical understanding of the ancient city of Philadelphia mm. to the opportunity for mission that Jesus highlights for this mm. church, it makes a lot of sense. Wow, the parallels are very powerful. Yeah, that's a very name. powerful. It is. Uh, you know what's fascinating as well? Go for uh, it. To bring it a bit closer to home, 
we have at this particular point in time, because this is all happening uh, the mid-18th century Mm -hmm. into about the mid-19th century, so from about the 1750s to about the 1850s, that 100-year period where there's great revivals that are taking place in Europe and in the United States, and we're going to look at that, I'm sure, as we go along. But what's fascinating to me is that there is a city in the United States called Philadelphia. Yeah. And guess where the founding documents of the United States? I didn't know that. In Philadelphia. Yes, the founding documents were signed. The meetings took place there in Philadelphia when, in 2015, when Pope Francis came to the United States of America on his inaugural visit, he spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. And he spoke there at those uh, historically monumental uh, places there from United States history. So guess what we have? You know, we've got the founding documents of of the most you know powerful nation on the planet that has ever existed that has rolled out democracy, you know, to to the world that is seen as the the lighthouse of religious freedom, religious liberty, and the extension of the gospel from the United States of America through its resources and missionaries and so on and so forth. And that's where God's remnant church would arise. Wow. That's a lot there, oh, isn't I it? know. It's just huge. <laughs> and we might have to uh, like I thought of that, with, that. You know, I, I, yeah, I just put two and two together when you shared on Philadelphia back in the time and how that was a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, for exporting. For culture. exporting, yeah. You know, it's not only – there's another application we could say for this door, and that is that this door represents the open door of salvation. Mm. Like Jesus said in John chapter 10, I believe it is, if I just go and check there in my Bible. But he said – yes, it is. He said here in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. Mm-hmm. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. Yeah. So that's that's a wonderful reminder too, like – Salvation is an everybody thing that God opens to everybody. For yeah. God so loved New South Wales. Is that what it says? Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's door of salvation is open to everyone and anyone Amen. who believes in Amen. Jesus. If we could just add the sanctuary. Yes. The sanctuary in the temple had one door. One yes. door in and you, you, you entered through the same door and you came out through the same door. And that one door... Before you get to the sacrifice, before you get to the labor, before you do any of that, you've got to enter through Jesus Christ. He is the door. And so the sanctuary, a symbol of the plan of salvation, the story of salvation in the sanctuary, in the temple services, it's right there as well. Wow. Is that open door. You know, I'd, I'd like to, I don't know if you've got any um, stories you want to tell us about this time of you know, awakening that happened in the world. But the, the gospel was oh, really going very, very it fast. It was. It was. Well, you have, um, you know, I've got this great commentary here by Austin Cook, you know, on, on the book of Revelation. And um, and here he, he especially zeroes in on John Wesley, you know. Uh, John Wesley, um, he was greatly, <laughs> excuse me, he was greatly influenced um, by the Moravian Christians. Um. You know, during you know during that period of time, who were just so you know so on fire, they yes. were just so deeply spiritual, um, and he was greatly uh, influenced by them. He was joined together by his brother Charles mm-hmm. and another preacher, George Whitfield, and they literally turned Britain upside down. 
Wow. Um, it was a revolution, but not based on, on, on power, not based on military power, but a revolution based on the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, just, it's just incredible. Um, and it's interesting that, um, John Wesley, you know, his motto, uh, was the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, mm. Philadelphia. Amazing. That was the motto of John Wesley, and it was an evangelical. And so John Wesley, you know, he, I mean, he was initially cold legalistic um, in his in his worship and, and, and as a minister of the gospel, but he was transformed. And, I mean, you know, this open door, you know, the, the access to the gospel, I mean, he just preached far and wide. I've just got some stats here. He preached, he ministered for 52 years, and in 52 years he preached 45,000 sermons, he traveled 225,000 miles, which would be the equivalent of about 400,000 kilometers on horseback, mm-hmm. most of that. Um, and each day, you know, he worked for between 16 and 18 hours. He wrote 233 religious and devotional books and pamphlets um, and, and a whole heap more. And, um, you know, there was, there was inc- incredible revivals that happened during that period of time. This is just in Britain. There were yeah. other revivals that were taking place in the United States of America. That's right. There was a man named William Miller, Baptist <laughs> right. preacher, a Baptist farmer turned preacher. That's who, right. He preached up a storm too. In fact, there were many people who believed. Uh, they started studying Bible prophecy and they started to believe that Jesus Amen. was coming back in 1844. Um, and these people that joined the Millerite movement became known as Adventists because they were looking for the yeah, advent, advent. Mm. of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus. But they were from all different denominations and yeah. all different uh, religious persuasions, even yeah. Jesuit priests. Um, Manuel Lacunza. Yeah, Lacunza, yeah. Yeah, he wrote of it. And it's it's very interesting. Joseph Wolf. Joseph yeah, Wolf. Yeah, a number of people. Um, it's very interesting that the purpose of Philadelphia was to bring people together. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating stuff, folk. We we get wound up and then it's time to go to a break. Anyway, here we go again. A beautiful song, Goodness is Stronger Than Evil by Two Flugel. I think that's correct. Enjoy. <laughs> Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness, life is stronger than death. Goodness is stronger than evil, love is stronger than hate, light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. Victory is ours, victory is ours, through Him who loved us. Victory is ours, victory is ours, through Him who Victory is ours, victory is ours. 
Indeed, goodness is stronger than evil. It always will be, Sharissa. Praise God for that. Jesus said, overcome evil with good. Yes. Amen and amen to that. Well, Sharissa, we've been looking at this open door. We've been looking at this, um, you know, this exponential growth in the, in the good news of the gospel going far and wide. And we cannot help but remember and remind ourselves of the words of Daniel. Um, a number of times there in Daniel, uh, the angel tells him, seal the book until the time of the end. Mm-hmm. Many will run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. So at the time of the end, uh, God would God would grant knowledge and wisdom and opportunities for people to be able to share the gospel far and wide. And that time of the end period began in 1798. So that's right in the thick of of the Church, Church of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, 1798. And it's also fascinating, I was sharing with, with Charissa, and she asked me just to share this briefly. At that p- particular period of time, we have um, the signs mentioned in the sixth seal mm. in Revelation, and you can read about them in Revelation chapter 6, uh, where you have an earthquake, a great earthquake, that happens in the period, in the lead-up to the time of the end and around that period. So you have the great earthquake, uh, the Lisbon earthquake taking place in 1755. You have the the dark day and uh, the blood moon, which happened in 1780, in particular there on the eastern seaboard of the United States of America. And then you have the falling of the stars or this meteor shower that happened in 1833. So you, you have these events as a fulfillment of Bible prophecy that we read of in Revelation chapter six, and so when, and so when those who were studying their Bibles, okay, as the books of Daniel and Revelation were being un, were being opened, in, in particular the book of Daniel and the prophecies of Daniel, and they saw these signs uh, taking place, they realized we are living now in the time of the end, or the time of the end is approaching. Jesus is about to return, so the zeal just went through the roof, and that's where. William Miller yes. comes onto the scene because he sees all these, uh, he, he sees the, these prophecies being fulfilled. Um, you know, he sees, you know, the Pope is taken captive in 1798 in the fulfillment of that 1260 year prophecy, um, in Daniel 725 and Revelation chapter 13 and so forth. And so they're seeing these things. So uh, the evangelistic fervor was just, you know, palatable as someone, you know, it was just, it was just, it was, there was second coming fever. Mm, that's a good way of putting People it. People <laughs> were just so excited and yeah. um and they were preparing. And so they literally they literally gave up everything. Oh, absolutely. For the sake of sharing the good news that Jesus was coming soon. That's why Jesus cannot find one negative characteristic mm-hmm. 
to say about this church. It's the only one, apart from the the, the second church, um, right. that Jesus doesn't say anything. Uh, and they are both filled with the Holy Spirit. They are both on fire. The second church is on fire sharing the, the gospel in an undiluted in a manner, persecuted in a persecuted environment. And here, this church, under difficult circumstances, is brotherly also, love. through brotherly love, is sharing the gospel. Mm. Um, and so it's just so much. That's so much fascinating there. history. All right. Oh, we need to we need to give away the CD. Thank you, yeah. Sharissa. I'm just getting all carried away here <laughs> with this exciting Bible study. Here it is, folk, and the code word is coming up in just a moment. So be ready to to dial in those numbers, which I'll give to you in just a moment. So the, the CD, a new song, Collective Volume 2, Endure. Here we go. There are four of these up for grabs this afternoon. To the first, to the third, to the fourth, and to the sixth. Call her in. So here we go. Text her or call her in. 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. And are you ready for the code word? Yes. Yes, here we go. <laughs> and the word is? Brotherly love. Brotherly love. The oh. words are brotherly love. Either, <laughs> two words. Two words, two words. She really just could not help herself. I said, it's one word. She goes, no, two words. So I'm going, I've learned to listen to the women in my household. I've got three women in my household. I'm the only male, so I've learned well that it's in my best interest to listen to the ladies. So um, brotherly love. Praise the Lord. There you go. She's, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got two ladies here in the studio. So I'm literally, wherever I go, I'm surrounded by women. So I've learned to listen. All right. So brotherly, <laughs> excuse me, I'm now starting to develop my COVID cough again. Not that I've got COVID. Brotherly love to the first, third, fourth, sixth caller for this CD, amazing CD. So text us or call us right now, 0491 064 669. All right, Sharissa, over to you again. All right. Well, that fascinating history there about the Millerite movement <coughs> and people studying Bible prophecy and believing that Jesus would come. You know, it's interesting that when I think of this open door that Jesus sets before the church, I see also there is an open door in chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, mm. where John says, After these things I looked and behold, a door standing open mm. in heaven. It's like the, the door open to heaven's sanctuary. And mm. it's in calling us and calling the church of Philadelphia to a deeper devotional experience with Jesus, to have a real relationship with him. Through the sanctuary message. Through the sanctuary message. That's where you were going. I could see And that. I love how Jesus says that I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. Mm. People may try to shut it. There may be a great disappointment, but I will give you understanding. Remember, I have the key of David, Jesus says, and I will open to you an understanding so that you can understand what I have for you. Wow. And this was a time, as we pointed out, of great revival. There were... A, num a host of missionary movements that were established during this period of time. Right. Um, you know, from the formation of the Baptist Missionary Society, William Carey, the first Baptist missionary sailing to India, the formation of the Scottish Tract and Coldwater Society. You know, you've got the, 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 the London Missionary Society. You've got the Bible Societies. You've got a whole host of um, Bible and 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 other gospel-centered societies that are springing True. up in the United States, in Europe, and other parts of the world during that period of time. Mm, powerful. 
You know, the next verse here says, indeed, verse 9, Revelation chapter 3, verse 9, Jesus says, indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. I indeed will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Mm. It's very interesting, that phrase, those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. That same phrase is included by Christ in the letter to the church of Smyrna. So you mentioned before, those were the two churches that have no rebuke listed for them, the persecuted church and the church where people are showing brotherly love and uniting in mission opportunity. Jesus has only, you know, commendation and encouragement for those churches. But it's also interesting because... In saying this, Jesus highlights that there is a separation or demarcation that takes place uh, in the Church of Philadelphia where there is a difference between, there's a separation between those who say they are Jews and are and those who say they are Jews and are not. Mm. And it's very interesting how, you know, there are tests coming, there are opportunities coming where there is going to be a clear demarcation Mm. between those who are truly following Jesus and those who are not. Well, didn't Jesus say, you know, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, you know, did not did not we, you know, prophesy in your name, did what, you know, cast out many demons in your name, even eat at your table, speaking of, you know, the Lord's Supper and Jesus will say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. Depart yes. from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, you haven't uh, sought to live in harmony with my will, which is, you know, described in my law of love, which is the entirety of Scripture, really, in True. essence. It's interesting that um, the second church, as you pointed out, suffered persecution. Mm-hmm. The sixth church, Philadelphia, also suffers persecution because you spoke of the Millerites. Yes. They were heavily persecuted. There were many who were cast out of their churches mm-hmm. um, because of their belief in the second coming of Jesus, in the imminent second coming of Jesus. They were literally turfed out. They were excommunicated from their churches. They were persecuted. Um, they were made fun of um, by by their neighbors and their friends um, during that period of time. So it, it wasn't it wasn't you know uh, a walk in the park for that's the Christians true. during that period of time and as well. That, that's actually kind of. Um, I'm glad you said that because that's really highlighted even in that text where Jesus says, you know, indeed. I'll, I'll make, you know, those who say they are Jews and are not but lie, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Mm. They may be making fun of you now, but they'll see. One day Amen. they will see that I have loved you. It's also um, oh, just the passion. There's so much we could say about those believers who really believed sincerely with all their hearts that Jesus was coming, you know, back then in 1844. Um, a man named Charles Fitch, we we're just talking about him on Sabbath, but he was baptizing people who want, you know, people coming to him to be baptized. So he was baptizing them, and then uh, it was cold mm. in New England where he was baptizing. But then as he got out of the water, another group of people, uh, believers, saying, oh, baptize us, because they wanted to be ready for Jesus to come. So he went back in the water and he baptized them, and the people that were with him said, we've got to get you out of this cold water. And another group of people came. Wow. He went back in. He just kept baptizing them. He got pneumonia. And he ended up dying. But just before he died, he told his wife and daughter, you know, don't worry. Mm. It'll just be a few short days. Jesus is coming. Mm. Like that's how much Amen. he was willing wow. to die for yeah. that. To be- He yeah. believed it. His family, you know, were hopeful. And so you, can, you and I can imagine the devastation that mm. they felt when this didn't happen as they expected. But remember, Jesus said, I have set before you an open door. And he had the key. And he yeah. was going to give them a greater understanding. Amen. 
And um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, you, you know, as we've pointed out, the second coming was the blessed hope that they were preaching far and wide. I mean, they, they believed um, based on the prophecy in Daniel 8.14 that Jesus was coming back in, uh, in 1844. In fact, they, they, they set a date eventually, right. um, October 22, which we've just had a couple of days ago. That's right, 177 um, yeah, years since. Exactly. And so they, they had the right date, but they had the wrong event. It's right. when Jesus would move into the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary mm-hmm. and um, maybe we can look at that another time but it's interesting in verse 11 mm-hmm. of chapter 3 guess what's featured the second coming yes. Jesus says behold I am coming quickly hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown and that's how the book of Revelation ends in chapter 22 those same words appear from Jesus I am coming quickly Behold, I am coming quickly. Three times. So the second coming theme was very much part and parcel of the DNA of the Philadelphia church, so this revival. And as we near the second coming of Jesus, which, you know, that's why we call our program Looking Up. The DNA of this program is the second coming of Jesus. And we believe the soon return of Jesus, not just that he's coming, but that he's coming back soon based on what we see taking place around us. Amen. You know, I think about this and I think God wants us to have a Philadelphia experience. Mm. Um, you know, people can be in all different churches. I'm just speaking spiritually at the moment. You you might know someone who's in Thyatira in that church experience. Their faith is just completely <laughs> corrupt. Or maybe you know someone who's inside us, they're just spiritually dead. Yeah. Or they're in, you know, all these different churches, Pergamos, maybe they're compromising. Mm. God wants for us to have a brotherly love experience mm. and to call people into the church of Philadelphia, active mission, oh. seeking Jesus, following him wherever he goes. And, yeah, and I was going to say, and especially during this time of COVID, um, we have just opened up our churches. Um, so here in New South Wales, we've opened up to everyone. So whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated or partially vaccinated, everyone is welcome. And my sermon on Sabbath, First Sabbath back after 11 weeks of lockdown Sabbath um, was love one another based on Jesus' word in John 13 verses 34 and 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. That's that brotherly love. Yes. And so... If ever there was a time when we needed to have the Philadelphia experience within our churches, it's right now. Absolutely. And to love one another, no matter no matter what our choices um, are, have been when it comes to COVID vaccinations, we need to show genuine love to one another. So I believe that this message, Sharissa, is especially relevant to what we are dealing with right now. Amen. Just before we go to the break, we'll just get verse 10 in. Um, You've read to us verse 11, but verse 10 says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And then it says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Mm. You know, that word there, because you have kept my word, it reminds me of the patience of the saints that talks about in Revelation 4. 14 verse 12, here are they who have who keep the commandments mm. of God and have the faith of Jesus. Amen, amen. And uh, because um, we'll, come, we'll get to a few other themes, but because people are keeping God's word, doing what God says, then God promises that he will take them through a time of trouble that is coming to all the mm. world. And there is a time of trouble coming upon the world, but we do not need to be afraid of the time of trouble if we have Jesus in our boat for at that time. The Bible says in Daniel 12, one, Michael, 
who is Jesus Christ, will stand up on behalf of his people, each one who is found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So Amen. if your name and now my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, we've got nothing to be afraid of. So, folks, we've got to keep looking up, keep holding on. And in the meantime, listen to this beautiful, appropriate song, First Love, from James Block.
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see, see you there. there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Great to have you in our in our final leg of this Exciting looking up program once again that Sharissa has been leading us through as we've been journeying through the Church of Philadelphia, the sixth and second last church in the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. So, Sharissa, um, over to you again as we, as we look to sort of land this message. Do we have, do we have any more CDs to give away? We do. Okay. So we still got a couple, couple more CDs. I understand. Um, so for the next couple of callers that call in, the CD will be yours. A new song collective volume to endure. So if you enjoy music on a CD, you've got a CD player at home or in the car, uh, give us a call right now. Or send us a message and we'll get that CD to you. It'll be your gift from us. 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Sharissa, over to you, my friend. All right. Well, hope, hope all those CDs go. But, uh, yeah, we've nearly finished this letter to the Church of Philadelphia and to each church Jesus makes a wonderful promise and in here it's no different. So maybe would you like to read for us verse 12 of Revelation okay. chapter 3? Here we go. This is what it says. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the, the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Wow, there's a lot of writing there, here. There is, and there's a lot of uh, things for us to unpack. 
The first thing I guess we'll go back is he who overcomes. You know, to each of the seven churches, Jesus makes promise to those who are overcomers. And it's also interesting, you know, we've talked a little bit, alluded to Revelation chapter 13. There's a Mark of the Beast crisis, which is like the final crisis of human history. That's but, right. That's right. But Right after chapter 13, in chapter 15, verse 2, I'll just read this verse. It says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over mm. the beast, wow. over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name standing on the sea of glass having harps of God. There's going to be a people who are going to be victorious over and over and over and over again because of Jesus Amen. through his strength by his power through the Holy Spirit at the end of time. And uh, to the church of Philadelphia, he who overcomes, Jesus says, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. How exciting is that? Well, a pillar. <laughs> we know what a pillar is. Yeah, we sure do. We see those Corinthian columns yeah. in the ruins of, uh, of this. So what's this talking about? Well, this is saying that Jesus is going to ensure that the person who overcomes through his strength Will will be a pillar. Will will be will be a leader. Will be, I guess, an ambassador yes. for the grace of God all the way down. Or, well, all the way through eternity, okay. um, declaring you know the grace and the goodness of God. Those that have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Those that have been set free by Jesus Christ and through His sacrifice. So they will be the continual ambassadors. Yes, you know it's fascinating that you you make that comment because historically. This geographic location made made the ancient city of Philadelphia subjected to occasional earthquakes. Oh. Yeah. In fact, in 17 AD, there was a severe earthquake that devastated Philadelphia together with Sardis and some other surrounding cities. So when I wow. read this promise of Jesus here, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. It's like when they had earthquakes in Philadelphia, I'm sure things collapsed. Imagine collapsed. those big pillars collapsing yeah. in the temples. They're, they're massive, like I've been. Yeah, and to, but generally everything else collapses and the pillars remain standing. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's, that is true, yeah. They, they hold up the roof and, um, yeah, those pillars are still standing. Yes. Uh, and that's why, we, that's, that's why we see photos of them and pictures and we're able to visit them, especially like in Athens. Mm -hmm. You see those pillars like from 2,000 years ago, they are still standing because they were thick, they were solid, and yeah, they're still standing two millennia later. I've never gonna, I may never get to see them, but <laughs> I'm glad you saw them, so it's real. Um, it is very real. I love this because Jesus offers to to us and to to those who are overcomers His strength to remain standing in Him when everything around us may be crumbling, because mm. He is the foundation that will support us. Amen. The true pillars in the church support the church as well, and they look to Jesus as their support and foundation. Amen. A pillar represents permanence. Yeah, he says he will go out no more. Mm -hmm. This pillar is going to stay, and Jesus promises that if they continue to overcome, they'll never go out again. It's very interesting that you know we've talked about this great disappointment that hit mm -hmm. the the believers at that time. That was like an earthquake oh, that would was. shake the it faith was. of it their, was, the it was, church. It was the worst experience of their lives. Yes, hard times came with great disappointment, but they just had to trust in Jesus. And they had to un they learned to understand the temple, to enter into this temple and become a pillar that stays. And uh, I love this. 
I just think it's powerful. Mm, very, very powerful. And, you know, talking about pillars, like I mentioned, the, you know, the, the, those pillars, uh, the famous ones um, there in, in Athens, you know, that people are well familiar with. But there are pillars that I have seen in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now, Egypt, you know, from, from more than, you know, 3,000 years ago, maybe 3,500 years ago during the time of Moses, yes. um, there are pillars that are, they are massive and they are still standing 3,500 years later. So I believe in what you say, if Christ, you know, here's the pillar, here's the rock. You know, to use the language, to use the language of the Apostle Paul, you know, the rock. And even Jesus himself said, I am the rock. And he mm-hmm. talked about Peter, Petros, mm-hmm. you know, you're a little pebble, but my church will be built on me. I am the rock. And in Daniel chapter 2, you have that rock that is cut out without hands that strikes the image, you know, mm-hmm. on the feet of toes, uh, which is where we are living. And so we can clearly see that, yeah, this foundation, there's no other foundation other than Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that's just the beginning of his promise to the overcomer. Mm. The next part of it, he says, uh, what is it there? I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Then he says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. We see that later, I think, is in Revelation 21. Yeah, Revelation 21. John describes what that looks like. But uh, And I will write on him my new name. So there's wow. the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, New Jerusalem, and the name of Jesus as well. It's interesting, it's interesting that um, you, know, you, you, you mentioned um, and we read Revelation 15 um, where those who have the victory you know, yes, over the yeah. beast and over his image and over his mark. Um, in Revelation 14, there we have a description of those who will not succumb to the mark of the beast, you know, uh, in their right hand or in their forehead. In Revelation 14, verse 1, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion. So that's speaking of Jesus Christ, speaking of heaven. And with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. This is that seal of God in the forehead in Revelation chapter 7. The seal of God, the father's name is synonymous. Okay. And um, yeah, so this this describes, you know, a seal would describe ownership. It describes authority. It it describes um, genuineness, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it describes irreversibility, as in you know the seal of Darius on yes. the tomb of Daniel and the seal on Jesus' tomb from the Romans. You know, it was irreversible. So a seal is a, when God seals his people, they're locked in. They are locked in, they are solidified, they are secure, they are safe, um, you know, they are sealed for all eternity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have the Father's name, and the name represents character in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So they have the Father's character. And we read a little later on in verse 4, it says that these are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. So they follow Jesus wherever He goes, and He is he is in the New Jerusalem, so they follow him in the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, that's powerful. So uh, when it says here, I will write on him the name of my God, it means they will have the character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that character, you know, the Ten Commandments, so the God's law is a transcript that's of right. his character. That's right. And so as we allow the Holy Spirit to write God's law on our hearts, then we come to reflect God's own image, his own mm. image is reflected in us, like father, like child, <laughs> mm. really. 
And um, it's very interesting, I guess, that the sealing message starts to really take root here in the Church of Philadelphia. But um, I just want to highlight maybe just briefly before we go um, that there is a contrast in Revelation between the seal of God and the mark of the beast. Yes, there is. The seal of God is received in the forehead. The mark of the beast is received in the right hand and the forehead. My question is, why can't we receive the seal of God in the right hand? Well, the right hand um, is a symbol of works. It's a it's a symbol of um, you know outward, I guess, even even coercion. Um, and so you can only receive the seal of God in the forehead. It has to be a choice that is made by each and every person, an intelligent choice without any coercion at all. Whereas the the right hand represents uh, work. It represents coercion. It represents um, you know, oppression, force, and so forth. That represents a number of these things um, uh, from from one point of view. So that that that's one of the reasons. But there's probably more to it than that. Mm, yeah, we can just keep unpacking those things. I like what you said there. Like we're not saved by what we do; we're saved by faith in what Christ has that's done. Right. And I was just uh, looking at the clock and wondering, how are we going to wrap all this up very quickly? But just thinking, you know, about all these names, writing the name of my God on here, write the destination, New Jerusalem, and then my own new name. I just think, I just want to highlight how I think this is wonderful. Back in the days when we could travel by airplane, mm-hmm. well, some of us can, Once upon <laughs> a when time. the airplanes open all the, the ports up. But anyway, you have your, your luggage and you have a label that you put on it. Mm-hmm. And when you put your label on it, you have the name of who it belongs to and where That's it's right. going. And so it's kind of like God is sending the Philadelphian church on a journey to heaven and he's going to make sure that they're going to get there. So he's telling us, I'm labeling you correctly. He's done everything that he can to label overcomers for their celestial journey. Mm. And so if you and I have the label with the name God on it, have the new Jerusalem as your destination and Jesus and his angels will guide you on that transportation system as we wait for Jesus to come. Mm. So that's the heavenly passport right there. There you go. Wow. And that's the QR code. The QR code is to have the Father's name (laughs) written on your forehead. Yes. Wow, that's a great summary. There you go. See, Sharissa has been thinking about traveling. I can clearly see that. So she's been thinking, (laughs) how do we travel again? And she's written it all down there. Yes. Sharissa, yeah, that's really exciting. And um, so God's plan is for each and every one of us to be Mm -hmm. heaven-bound. That's the whole point of this open door that God has uh, placed before each and every person. That open door is Jesus Christ, as you pointed out. Amen. And um, just as we land the plane, I guess, in thinking about the open door, there are doors that God wants us to shut as well. Mm. The door to sin in our lives. God wants us to close those doors. Some of us leave those doors open too long and we get hurt. But Jesus wants us to close that door and he wants to help us and give us the strength. He wants us to close the door to our closets. He encourages us to go there and pray. Mm. Pray in the secret place. Spend Mm. time with him. Have that relationship with God. Talk to him as you would to your best and dearest friend. And then shut the door to the world. Open the door of your heart to heaven and shut the doors of this world because this world has nothing to offer us. But Jesus offers to us his heart and his home and there's a bright future for all who put their trust in him. Mm. And I can't help but think of the scripture that we're going to look at next week where Jesus says in Revelation 3.20 to the church of the Laodiceans, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
Yes. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And that's the that's that's the invitation that Jesus gives to each and every one of us. So folk, I hope you have been blessed by this wonderful study again um, in the book of Revelation as we have unpacked the sixth church, the church of brotherly love, the church of Philadelphia and um we are now in our final stretch. We've got a few final comments um, as we wrap up the program in just a little bit. Uh, but do stay tuned for this beautiful song from Matt and Josie Minicus, Kindness. Enjoy this song and then we'll be with you with a few closing thoughts. When the hard words have been spoken When the feelings have run strong when both of us are certain that the other one is wrong When we've deeply felt the difference As we stood to plead our cause Maybe we should call a ceasefire Take time to recall Kindness There is always room To show Some kindness Kindness There is always room Views. They both might be mistaken, but they both cannot be true. But before we pull the trigger, hold out your new jihad. Can't we trust in something bigger? Give this battle up to God. Kindness, kindness, there is always room to show some kindness, kindness, there is always Questions here are big ones High as heaven, deep as hell But until we walk together Or until we say farewell Kindness Kindness There is always 
Kindness. Beautiful we, song. It is a beautiful song, and um, that's what we all need a good dose of mm-hmm. kindness, to treat one another with kindness. Sharissa, what are your closing thoughts on this powerful message from the book of Revelation? I guess I'd just like us to finish where Jesus leaves the letter. He says in verse 13, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And uh, if you have an ear and you're hearing this, this is a message that Jesus has just for you. And we are, God wants to give to us open doors of opportunity. And maybe you've never walked through the open door of salvation. Mm. Jesus invites you to accept him. If you have doors of mission opportunity, God may be calling you to to share what you have found in him with somebody else. Mm. And uh, ultimately, he's calling all of us to that door of deeper devotion to him, to walk through that door, to come into the sanctuary. Like David said, he said, when I came into the sanctuary, then I understood God's Mm. way. And so, uh, yeah, I'll just leave that as an encouragement for everyone. Okay, that's a wonderful encouragement. I can't add too much to that apart from, yeah, just uh, want to encourage you to continue to allow Christ to open the door of your heart. Revelation 3.20 It's one of my favorite scriptures. I shared it just before, that beautiful song, and I'll share it again. But Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if we if we open the door, he will enter and he will dine with us and we he with him. And that dining experience is, a, is fellowship. Yes. You know, food and fellowship go together. It's a, it's a sign of friendship. It's a sign of trust. Um, it's a, it's a time when we learn and grow together, and so Jesus wants to you know have a spiritual meal with us through His Word and through prayer, and then we will go forth and share that with others. And if ever there was a time for us to share and encourage others uh, to look up, because Jesus is drawing near to prepare for the heavenly courts above, it is now. And, and my final thought on this before I invite Sharissa to to pray and then have a couple of other things to share with you before we sign off is um, I find it fascinating that this sin-sick planet becomes the the center of the universe. Mm. You know, when this world is made new and the temple of God appears here, the temple of God will be in the midst of, of humanity and, you know, we will reign as priests and kings with God. And, we you know, it's just beautiful, that picture in Revelation 21 and 22. Mm. So, yeah. So where sin abounds, God's grace will abound True. more so. So this world will forever be an example of the grace of God. Mm. Teresa, why don't you close in prayer with us? Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for this amazing letter to the Church of Philadelphia. And we see too, it's a, 
that's a letter to us. We pray that you bless all of our listeners. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to continue to study your word, that we might keep our eyes fixed on Jesus mm. so we'll be ready when he comes. Amen. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Teresa. Well, folk, it's come that time when we need to say farewell for another week. We pray that you have been thoroughly blessed. Just a reminder of the two programs that we have been promoting, um, the Discover Hope series, Revelation of Hope. Simply go to uh, discoverhope.info for all the information there. Tuesday nights at 7.30 Sydney time. And is death the end? Where can they find that? www.theend.digital, 8 p.m. tonight. There you go. So all the way through to Friday night. So, folk, um, there are just a couple of things to help you and encourage you on your journey. And, and I really do hope and pray that as we near the coming of Jesus, that we will not only be looking up ourselves, but that we will be inviting others to look up. So don't ever forget, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always keeps looking up. God bless you. Until next time. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me